Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Yes, and so today is April Fool's Day, so we're starting a series called Don't Be Fooled, and, and, and I want to talk to you today through this about forgiveness. The reason is because many times people try to live their lives without forgiveness, and, and here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of people in the hospital today that could go home if they would learn how to forgive. They would learn how to give. They would have a lot of issues would be solved at a lot of hospitals if they could just learn how to forgive. And so, so it's very important because learning how to receive forgiveness and giving forgiveness has a big impact on your life. And so today I want to talk to you about starting off about how to receive forgiveness. I want to talk to you about that. And so this morning as we begin this, I want to give you step number one. I'm going to give you three things today that I think are crucial for you to start this forgiveness journey uh, and, and begin to build on it. So we'll begin building today. The first one is this. Would you go ahead and write this down? Number one is this. It's changed my perspective of how I think God thinks of me. Changed my perspective of how I think God thinks of me. Now, as you write that down, I'm gonna, I want to back up and I want to tell you this story. My sister, about uh, back in, I guess it was December of last, or actually, no, last summer, had to have emergency surgery. She had to have a gallbladder removed. And, you know, it was one of those deals to where she had her gallbladder removed in the summer, and about the time that her body was healing up and she was physically feeling better, she got a statement from uh, her doctor stating that her insurance did not cover but so much of the procedure and that she owed $8,000. So about the time she physically was getting to feel better, all of a sudden she got a financial wound. You ever been there? And so anyway, she opened this up, and, and it was $8,000 that was owed, and she's like, you know, I don't know what to do here. I, I don't have that kind of cash just to give to the doctor. So, of course, in our family, we believe you should pay your bills. So she called up the doctor's office, and she began to set up these payments. $400 a month, she began to pay. And so for, for five months, she had made these payments of $400 a month. And then in December, she, you know, they send a statement every month. So in December, she gets the statement. She opens it up. She gets her checkbook out. She's ready to pay the bills, you know. And, and all of a sudden, she opened that statement. She, she opened it and read it, and it said, balance zero. Paid in full, all has been forgiven. When she read that letter and it said that, she was, needless to say, overwhelmed with joy. Wouldn't you be? I mean, like, so the total that she owed still was $6,000. And so when she opened that letter, it was like overjoyed. It was like, wow, I mean, like, it's party time, right? And so she was overwhelmed. But she received, she had received this forgiveness. She had received this forgiveness. And that feeling of release. And today, that's what I want you to feel. You know, matter of fact, as I shared that with you, I can see some of you went, wow, because you were stressed out for my sister, weren't you? I can see that you were stressed out. And, and so you went, wow, but I hope today, I believe today that as you leave here today, that you're going to feel that sense of relief, and you're going to feel that sense of stress relief 
if you'll track with me. So again, going back to number one, so we want to change our perspective of how God thinks of us. If we're going to receive forgiveness, we have to change that perspective. Now let me say this to you. Changing our perspective is that, have you ever had someone in your life that, you know, you were trying to be friends with, but they did not reciprocate the same feelings? In other words, like, you know, I got, there's a pastor right now. There's a pastor right now that I know that I've tried to be friends with, but the joker just doesn't like me. He just doesn't like me. I mean, like, and what's not to like? Right? Just what's not to like? I'm serious. I mean, like, every, I've tried to be friends, and, and, you know, I mean, it's just a cold shoulder every time I'm around him, you know, and, and I'm just about to the point to defriending him. You know, like on Facebook, unfriend, defriend, whatever. It's about to be on, because I'm like, hey, I'm tired. You know, I'm like, I'm trying and trying, and there's nothing coming back, you know. And so it's very, very difficult. Would you agree with me? It's very, very difficult to build a relationship with somebody that you think doesn't want to be your friend. Would you agree with that? That's right, giving you the cold shoulder. And see, many times we think that we sort of feel like this about God sometimes. Because many times that we think that God thinks about us the way that we think about ourselves. Many times, I don't like me. How about you? Do you ever have that time? There's sometimes that, like, I just, I don't like me. You know, I don't like the, the, the things that I've, I've done or said or whatever. And, and there's times that, well, why, why did you do that, you know? And I just don't like me. And so many times, I think that because I don't like me sometimes, I think God doesn't like me sometimes. And then also, there's times that where people have said things about me or to me, have said things directly to me that were not very kind. Matter of fact, they have expressed their thoughts about me very publicly in front of me and told me in no uncertain terms that they didn't like their mama's, my mama's son. <laughs> you know? And so, so those thoughts and things go through my mind too. So sometimes I can think that God thinks of me the way that they have expressed their thoughts about me. Have you, have you ever had that? You know, matter of fact, some of you, is, it was a teacher or a coach or somebody that says something bad about you that's still stuck in your mind. And so many times I can feel like that God feels the same way about me. And I want to tell you, it's hard to receive something from somebody that you feel like they got something against you. And many of us sitting in this room right now feel like that maybe when you talk to God, that God somehow feels about you the way that you feel about you. But I've come today on this Easter Sunday morning to remind you about how God feels about you. You know, the reason that God sent Jesus to this earth was not just to die for our sins, but God sent Jesus to let us know what God was like and that how God felt about us. And so the Bible says this, look what it says. And the Bible says in John 3, 16 and 17, this is, this is the most quoted verse in the Bible, but the most unbelieved verse, verse in the Bible. Look what it says. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, okay, now that's the quoted version. And, and many of you, if you've been in church, you, you know that. But I want to give you the real version, okay? So I left some blanks right there. I want you to go right there. There's three blanks. I want you to go ahead and write your name right there in those three blanks. Go ahead and write them in there right now. And then I want you to cross out the world that comes in front of that. Just cross that out. And we're going to read this verse the way that God intended for you to comprehend it and me to comprehend it. Okay, so 
We're going to go back and read this verse now. Instead of saying the world, we're going to say your name. So when I get there, I want you to shout your name out, all right? Because I'm going to say, Jeff, I ain't talking about you right now. I'm talking about me. You talk about you, all right? So let's read it together. You ready? Come on. For God so loved Jeff. Woo! I like that. Now, doesn't that make you feel a little bit, but don't you just always sit up a little bit straighter? For God so loved me. You. He called your name out. For God so loved Jeff. Let's read the rest of it. You ready? Come on. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn Jeff. Woo! I like that already. Watch this. Ready? Let's read the rest of it. But to save Jeff. Woo! Through him. How about that? That, that's God's personal note to you. Did you hear that? Jesus, this is Jesus saying that. He said, listen, the reason I'm here, the reason I'm here is to let you know that God loves you. And God is not about condemning you. He's all about saving you. See, here's the problem. The problem is this, condemnation. What is condemnation? Condemnation is bringing up our past. You know, when our, like the things that we said, God forgive me for, still pop up in our minds, don't they? Even though you've asked God to forgive you. Watch this. That is the devil. The devil's job is to re- keep reminding you of all the, your past failures, your past mistakes, because if he can keep you thinking that God is always thinking about your past, you can never trust God for your future. Did you, are you tracking with me? And that's why some of you, you don't even want to talk to God because you think, all you think about is your past, and God God's already forgiven that and forgotten that. He don't remember it anymore, and therefore, you won't even talk to God because you, you're embarrassed. I want to tell you something. So it's the devil that brings up our past, and that's condemnation. And here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. Anytime that you bring up somebody else's past, you're acting just like the devil. There's some things that's never going to heal until you let it go. There's family members and there's people that's close to you that, that every time that they aggravate you, you go back to that one thing and say, well, I remember what you did. That's the same thing the devil does. Let me just, while I got that wound open, let me pour a little salt in it. You know what? Not only do we do that to other people, but we do it to ourselves, don't we? Anytime that I keep bringing up my past to myself and I keep wallowing in my past, I am doing the devil's work. And so let's quit acting like the devil. Start acting like the children of God he's called us to be. Amen? Amen. Yes, let's give God a hand for that. Amen. Okay. So remember that Jesus come. Why did he come? He come to save our future and to protect our future. And so that's why he come. Now, I want to say this to you, okay? The, the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about forgiveness. This is a powerful subject. It's the most freeing thing. Next week, I'm going to be talking about forgiving yourself. And can I be honest with you? This is the hardest challenge. This was the hardest challenge for me. It took me years to forgive myself. And I want to teach you next week how to forgive yourself through God's word. And so, when I'm going to, and then the week after that is about forgiving other people. Because some of you got some people that you got to forgive. And you say, Pastor Jeff, I just can't forgive them. Well, I'm going to help you with that. You just got to hang with me. And so, what I want you to do is on the back of your, that connection card that you have, it says this, it says, I will do my best to attend the rest of this series.
So why don't you go ahead and make that decision that you're going to get well, that you're going to get better, and you're going to learn how to forgive, and you do your best to attend this series. Now, if you check that box and you miss a Sunday, God's not going to strike you dead. That's what some people say. You know, I would check that box, but I, I might not be able to live up that. No, that's why he said to do your best, okay, and so that you can get better. Okay, number two is this. The second thing, if you want to uh, receive forgiveness, number two is accept Jesus paid for my forgiveness. Accept that Jesus paid for my forgiveness. We have to accept that. I want to let you write that down, and I want to show you something. You and I can never accept something that we will not receive. You see, like, if I, I have this program in my hand right now, and if it were you trying to give it to me, and I stuck my hands in my pocket, you can hit me in the chest with it all day long. You can slap me in the face with it all day long. But until I reach out and accept it, I can never receive it. So we have to accept what is offered to us before we can ever receive it. Going back to my uh, story with my sister, is that when we grew up in our family, if something sounded too good to be true, we thought it probably was. So when my sister received this letter in the mail, it says, balance zero, paid in full, you know, uh, you owe nothing. Well, needless to say, she would not accept it. She didn't accept the letter because we're sort of skeptic. Again, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, right? That's what we grew up in. And so she called up the doctor's office. She called and she asked to speak to the people that was at the business manager's office there. And, and she got to the lady and she said, listen, ma'am, I want to know, has there been a mistake? She said, well, no, what are you talking about? She said, I just received my, my notice and said I was getting ready to pay my bill. And I read at the bottom, it said, balance zero, paid in full. All is forgiven. And she said, has there been a mistake? And the lady said, no, ma'am, there's not been a mistake. She said, every December, our doctor goes through different patients that owe him money. And for whatever reason, he chooses some people to just pull those out and to cancel their debt, to forgive their debt. And you were one of those people this year. Hallelujah for that. Amen. She said, yes. She's like, "Woo, yes. And but I want to tell you that my sister struggled, though. She had my my sister. It was too simple. I mean, even having it in writing, my sister said, oh, this can't be right. And some of you are sitting right here today, you've heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you've heard a pastor like me, you've heard a friend like, like uh, a friend of yours tell you that Jesus wants to forgive you and still yours like my sister. Well, that ain't enough. I don't accept it. Today I want to tell you you got to accept it. Now here's, here's what God did to go a second step to help you understand this statement. He didn't just say, he didn't just say John 3.16, he went a little bit further. So let's go now to look at Luke's gospel, and we're going to find that Jesus is at the cross. Look what it says. In Luke's gospel, Luke 23, it says this. When they came to the place called the what? The skull. Okay. Most people don't know what that means. I didn't know what that meant when I started reading the Bible. You know what that means, the place of skull? It is the mountain that they crucified Jesus on. The reason they call it the place of skull is because if you look at the mountain, it looks like a skull. Rhonda and I have been to Israel. It looks just like a skull. I mean, like if you look at a skull, it's got two eye sockets, a nose socket. He looks just like a skull. And, and it's been called that for generation after generation after generation. 
It looks that way. So now you know, okay? Maybe you didn't want to know, but now you do. So when they came to the place called Skull, there, look at this, there they crucified him. Okay, Jesus is on the cross. Along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Notice what Jesus said here. Let's read out loud what Jesus said. You ready? Come on, let's underline. Ready? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now here's the deal. Watch this. Jesus is on the cross. He's dying. He's been beaten to a bloody pulp. And now he's saying, he's screaming out to his father, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Why did he do that? Why did he scream out? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus said, he had to remind the father that I am dying for their sins, and they do not know that I'm dying for their sins. And he had to remind the father, the father, you hate sin, and so take out your anger about their sin on me. I will receive their punishment. And he had to remind the Father again that this was your plan and this was our plan that I would die for their sin. Why? Because the Father is a Father, right? And I don't know about you, but if my child is being punished and, and does not deserve that punishment, I don't know about you, but I'll, I, would, I would do my best to charge through an army to go and say, no, 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 you're not doing that to my child. You're not doing that to my brother. You're not doing that to my sister. And I want you to know, Jesus had to remind Almighty God that, Father, don't you come down here. Don't wipe them out. Don't kill them, God. This is your plan. I'm dying for their sin. You take your anger out on me, Lord, so that you don't have to take it out on them. And he had to remind the father that listen this is I'm taking it for them taking it for them because we dads we dads are like that aren't we any any dad worth his salt when you see your kid being abused and and beaten and 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 not deserving it you you go in there aren't you you gonna go moms aren't you gonna go Heavenly Father, the Bible said the earth turned, the sky turned black white because God had to turn his face from that. The ground trembled. What I want you to know is this, is that sin kills. Do you, do you want to see what when sin is fully, fully engulfed, what it looks like? Here's what, look at this picture. This is what sin looks like. Sin kills. The reason that Jesus went to the cross was because sin kills. Our sin killed Jesus. Did you hear that? Your sin, my sin, everything that we did against God, God was mad at. God didn't like sin. He's mad at sin. He gets mad at sin. But guess what? Instead of taking out your sin on you and my sin on me, he took it out on his son Jesus. And if Jesus had not come to this earth, that's what we all would have got, and that's what we would have deserved. But Jesus Christ stepped in our place, and he died in our place, and therefore today that we can go to the Father in confidence, and he's not mad at us anymore. Amen? He's not mad at us. So here's what I want you to look at the next verse. John 19 and 30, it says this. Jesus said, speaking from the cross, let's read those words that are underlined, what he said. You ready? Come on. It is finished. The Bible says, with that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Now, what was finished? What was finished was this, is that your sin was paid for and mine was paid for. Just like my sister, when she got that letter in the mail, it said, it's been paid, it's been forgiven. You don't owe it anymore. 
And so God is telling you today that, listen, your sin, that you, whatever you've asked him to forgive you for, he doesn't remember it anymore. It's been paid for. Debt's paid in full. And if you can receive that today, you can receive freedom. Now, the question is this, will you, receive, will you accept it? Remember what I said, is accepting is hard to do? Even here again in a setting on Easter, you're expecting this today, but it's still hard to receive that? So how do we receive it? That's the question. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says this, 1 John 1 and 9. You got your pen ready, let's circle these couple words. You ready? The Bible says this, if we, let's just circle those two words. You ready? If we, if we confess our what? Okay, what's the next two words? Okay, you circle that. So if we, he will. Notice that. If we, he will. If we will confess our sins, he will forgive our sins because we can trust God to do what is right. Watch this part. He will cleanse us from all the wrong that we have done. What does that mean? That means that when you come to God and you ask him to forgive you, what, what he remembers is, is that he remembers what Jesus did for you, that he paid the price. And guess what? Here's what happens is that everything in God's mind from that, time, from that time backwards is wiped away. God does not remember any sin that you say, I'm sorry for, and that you confess. He doesn't remember anymore. In other words, God cleans you with Clorox. He gets rid of all the mold, the stain. There is no evidence anymore. You might remember it. Somebody else might bring it up. But I'm telling you, God Almighty doesn't remember it anymore. Aren't you glad about that? I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm driving down the road. I mean, I'm minding my own business, and all of a sudden something pops in my mind that happened 20 years ago that I'm ashamed of. Did anybody ever have that beside me? Okay, there's about 10 of us. The rest of you, maybe it don't happen. I don't know. And it just embarrasses me all over again, and I feel bad about it all over again. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm tempted at that moment to say, God, oh, God, I'm sorry. You know what? Not anymore because I understand that he don't even remember it. And so I'm not going to bring it back to his attention again. Amen. I'm just going to move on. He's forgiven that. And I'm moving forward. And you should too. Because of the power of Jesus Christ. Okay. Here's what I want to tell you. Is that you have to accept it. How do you accept that? You do it by becoming a Christ follower. You say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. As a matter of fact, we have a prayer right here in your program that I want to read to you. And today, if this is you, and I know, and, and we, this is our third service this weekend, and people have given their life to Christ every service. And today, I know it's going to be the same because you have an appointment with God today. And so I'm going to read this prayer, and if this is you, you say, me too, God. Look what it says. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Please help me turn from my sins and do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, can we give God a hand for all those people that just said that? Lord, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to God's family. Now, listen, there's only one step I want you to do. You don't have to come forwards, raise your hand, anything like that. On the back of this card, there's a box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today. Just check that box, and we're going to pray for you that God will just be with you and reveal himself to you. Okay, number three. So how do, you, how do you receive forgiveness? Well, number three is this. Write this down, please. Is walk in the power of God's forgiveness. Walk in the power of God's forgiveness. 
We're going to move from the cross now that Jesus has died on the cross. He said, it is finished. They took his body, and they took his body down, and they laid it in a tomb. Now it's Sunday morning, just like today. It, when I got up this morning, you know, I got up before daylight, and I began to see the sun break through, and I started thinking about this morning that happened almost 2,000 years ago. Look what it says. It says this. So Mary, let me say this. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and another Mary went up there to, to the tomb after it was on Sunday morning. So here we go. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Let's read what's on the line out loud. You ready? Come on. He is not here. He, he has risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. Now, here's what I want to tell you. The cross was used to kill Jesus. Because that's what sin does. Sin kills. Let me, let me just tell you what sin is, by the way. Sin is when you know that God says something not to do it, and you do it anyways, that's sin. You know, and God doesn't like it. God doesn't want you to do it. And you have to confess it. Why? Because every time that you do something that God says not to do, it hurts you. Every time. And we that are parents understand that because we have children saying, now listen, don't play in the street. What do they do? They want to play in the street. Why? Because there's a car that will run over you, right? And so the same way God is saying, sin is the same way. And so God says sin is something that hurts you. So the Bible says that, you know, sin kills. And what does it kill? Sin will, sin will kill your relationships. Sin will kill your confidence. Sin will keep you from being the person that you want to be. Sin destroys and it, and it hurts you. And God hates it because it hurts you. And so on the cross, Jesus died for our sins. And so he comes down off the cross and then they begin to put him in a tomb. Now, now look at this picture of the tomb. You see this picture? They placed Jesus inside of this tomb. They rolled that stone in front of it, and they sealed it up, and they put guards in front of it. Now, I don't know, this reminds me of funeral services that I, I presided over and have been to hundreds in my lifetime. And you know, it just, may, it just doesn't make any sense because we still do this today. We try to seal it up. And, and you know, when, you, when, you're, when your time's over on this earth, they're going to put you in a casket. And you know, when we're done with that service, which I hate the graveside, I hate graveside services because it's just so unreal. You know, it's not true. What do they do? They put the lid down on that casket and they lock you in. They drop the lid, they crank and they lock you. You're locked tight like you're going to try to get out. I, it makes, I don't know why. You know, they lock the lid. And they're still scared of you. And, they're scared. and so they're going to put you over a graveside and they're going to drop you in a vault, do another piece of concrete. They're going to lock you in that. And that's still not, they're still scared of you. And then they, so they're going to lower you six foot in the ground and they're going to pile dirt on top of you. We are scared of dead folks. The same thing is true with Jesus. They put the, they put the stone in front of his tomb. They sealed it up. They sealed it up. They put guards there. But here's what I want you to know. On Easter Sunday morning, it was our sin that killed Jesus. But I want you to know, on Easter Sunday morning, he did not stay in the grave. He got up and said, April Fool's, I'm back. I'm back. Yes, I'm back. Here's what I want to tell you. 
Our sin killed him, but God's forgiveness, forgiving power raised him. Did you see that? God said, this is what it looks like when I forgive him. It's that you have new life. You're new. And Jesus come out. He was new. He was renewed. He wasn't tired. He wasn't worn. You know, he was in power. He was new. And the Bible says, when you receive God's forgiveness, you have a newness about you. You're not worn out anymore. You're not weighed down anymore. Why? Because we got this newness that God is with us and this resurrection power of Jesus is living inside of us that we can be new. Yes, we can be new. Forgiveness always brings life. Did you hear that? Shoot, there's been times that Ron and I have been mad at each other. Oh, you don't get mad at your spouse, I guess. We've had 30 years to practice this. Get mad at each other, just mad, you know, just uh, you know what? And my thing is, you know, I, uh, you know, I just go off. Bam, 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 bam. She gets quiet. And it makes me mad because she won't say something back. And I get more mad. Bam, 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 bam. And finally, we finally grow up. And finally, one of us will say, I'm sorry. It's usually me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Watch it. <laughs> And when I say I'm sorry, and she says I'm sorry too, it's like all this tension just leaves. You ever felt that? All this tension just leaves. And then I say, come here. And I grab her, and I just bend her over, and I just lay a big one on. That's too much information, isn't it? But it's amazing how you feel, right? Forgiveness gives life. And we have to accept this. The Bible says this. Look at the next verse, Romans 6 and 4. It says, we were buried, therefore, with him by what? By baptism. Into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. Now, let's read this last part together. It's underlined. You ready? Come on, let's read it. We, too, might walk in newness of life. That means you have a new attitude, a new spirit, because you've been forgiven. The power of forgiveness does that. My sister is not an emotional person. I, I think I may have seen her cry when we were growing up, maybe three or four times, maybe. But when she received this letter, she was overwhelmed with emotion. And every time she told the story, every time she would tell it, she'd well up and cry again because she had been forgiven. The debt was zero, balance paid in full. I can tell you this, though, because we're all human beings and my sister sometimes gets a little fearful. She says, begins to think sometimes, what if they get a new office manager? You ever thought it's like that? It's too good to be true. What if they get a new office manager? What if, what if they get a new staff and they come and review the records and, and, and they, they say, no, I owe the money. And so that fear is sort of there. But I want to tell you what my sister's done is she's filed that letter away. And every time she begins to have those feelings like, oh, what if this happened? What if this happened? She goes out and she pulls that letter out. She looks at it again with a doctor signed it. It says it's paid in full. She says, I know my debt's been paid. I'm not worried about it anymore. I've got the letter right here. And you know what God wanted you to do? 
Because he knew the devil was going to come and tell you that those sins that you asked God to forgive you for, he still holds against you. You needed something to know. You needed some kind of, of, of something to make a statement that, that it's all been paid. You know what that's called? It's called baptism. When you, are, when you get baptized, you're, laying your, you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to lay that old me down. And right now, God, we're signing this, that, Lord, you saved me, but I'm letting everybody know now. I'm making a public statement that I've been freed and no longer just held against me. So every time the devil comes and tells you you're sorry that God doesn't love you, that he can't forgive you, you point it back and say, I'll tell you, I was baptized right there in that river, in that church, and there's where I said to everybody, that God's forgiven me and I've got a statement now and I'm clean <clears throat> so here's what I want to tell you I'm going to do something next Sunday I do it one time a year next Sunday I'm getting in the pool you know what you know what three years ago Ron and I got rebaptized again we were baptized we were teenagers and we got it again we just did it again next Sunday I'm going to offer you the opportunity I want to baptize you myself. You say, you, you know, if you want to be baptized, you want to be rebaptized like we were. All I want to ask you to do is check it on the back of this connection card because I'm going to be in the pool all three services. I'm going to have, a matter of fact, I'm going to be wrinkled the next week. My hands will be wrinkled. I want to baptize them. Why? Because I want you to have that moment in your life to where you point back to and say, you know what? No, it was there. That's why the Bible says repent and be baptized. Why? So that you have that marker, just like my sister pulled out that paper and said, no, I got proof right here. Your baptism proof that Jesus Christ has forgiven you and that you don't have to die. The greatest fear that we have is this, is the fear of death. You know what? Unforgiveness brings fear. Forgiveness sets you free from fear. And today, if you walk out of here, know that I am forgiven by Almighty God. Guess what? You, you conquer your greatest fear. And then guess what? You can walk around saying this. I am not afraid of death. Why? Because the living Jesus lives inside of me. The resurrected King is inside of me. And I know that, I know tonight, listen, I can lay my head on my pillow tonight, and if I take my last breath through the night, I know I'll wake up with him in the morning. If I get in my car and get hit by a semi, and today is my last day on earth, I know that where I'm going to be. If I go to the doctor and he diagnoses me and says, hey, you've only got four months to live, I know that when my time's up, that I'm going to be in heaven with God because Jesus Christ defeated death, hell, and the grave, and I'm not afraid of death anymore. Amen. And you don't have to be. Come on, stand with me. Today's the day that we declare our freedom on this Easter Sunday. That's what it's all about, is that you don't have to be afraid anymore. Today we declare that we are free in Jesus Christ. We're going to sing this song together, and it's a declaration to say that I am free. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, I thank you for who you are that you're the Savior of the world. God, today I ask that you would, your Holy Spirit, as it's moving among us right now, God, we feel this freedom, Lord. Our sins are not held against us anymore. 
It doesn't matter if they were yesterday or 10 years ago or 20 years ago. You are forgiven. If we've asked you, you're forgiven and we've been cleaned in your eyes and today we declare to the devil he will not torture us anymore. We will not be tortured by our past but we, are, we will be empowered by our future because the resurrected King Jesus Christ lives inside of us. He was raised from the dead on the third day that we may be raised again and today we declare that we are free in the name of Jesus. We are free. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.